Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bodie Bros. I am John with a J. I'm Bhakti Ray. And as you can see, surprise, this is the Christmas edition. We have a third person, our very first interviewee, Rowan Garlow, joins us. Hello, Rowan. Welcome to the Bodie Bros. Let me tell you a little bit about Rowan. The three of us came together at a super special event in Utah hosted by Teal Swan and her team. Uh, we came to know each other and knew that one day we would probably want to reach out to Rowan and say, Rowan, we would love to hear what you're doing uh, out there in the world. Uh, incredible YouTube channel, presence, content, Facebook, lots of platforms. We'll discuss that later where you can find Rowan. But let me tell you a little bit about her real quick. Rowan, um, is an integrative trauma recovery practitioner and teacher. She works with a number of modalities from the completion process, voice dialogue, and somatic experiencing, and sees healing through the lens of holism. She guides people back to the natural state of being a human being. This natural state is one of internal self-trust, empowerment, clarity, and deep connection. Rowan, do you mind for a moment telling us a little bit about, uh, since the three of us last came together, what you've been doing, what you've been focused on, and, and what you really love that's going on in your life right now, and both professional, a little personal um, stories, if you will. Gosh, yeah, I don't even really know where to start with that because it's such a broad scope. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, for myself, I've noticed a big shift and normally what I've been focusing on is everything trauma recovery because that tends to be the root of most people's suffering is unresolved trauma. Um, however, as of the last month or so, I've definitely shifted towards a more spiritual uh, focus and approach. I'll probably go back to talking more about trauma recovery and modalities and specifics on how to actually use those different tools but yeah right now I've been focusing on helping people to basically get out of states of disempowerment and spaces of not owning their own sovereignty and taking responsibility for themselves um, I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is people being faced with powerlessness to a lot of different things that are happening or, um, you know, and really what that's just pointing to is all of the ways that we've already given our power away over the last years, decades, whatever, it's just flushing up to the surface. Um, and for myself, stepping out of a lot of coping mechanisms, stepping up, stepping into that next level. I think a lot of people have been you know, hearing spirit, you could call it, you could call it their higher self, some part of their heart that's been telling them to level up and to purge and to resolve these traumas and look at what's actually here so that they can go into that next level so that they can create the life that they want to create um, and stop waiting for something to happen, you know, for them, but really to own themselves, their truth to be connected to themselves so that they can even discern what truth is um, and from that space take action in their life consciously so that's really what i've been focusing on 
Very cool answer to a surprise broad question I just threw out there. I was just winding up in the beginning of the episode. We never know what's going to happen. So thank you for expertly handling that. Um, wow, what a great answer. And which leads us into um, the three of us when we came together uh, to discuss what are we, what's our topic going to be? What are we just going to like have a, a session where we talk about a bunch of things as one pinpoint thing? And we, Rowan had an incredible idea. And the title that we came up with together was discernment, navigating the great flood of fake spirituality. And with that came a little flooding in our inboxes. Rowan sent us some, some links to consider, some videos, some material that she had was uh, just starting to study and stuff and really get a, a grip on and see how she felt about those things. So the three of us kind of did that and haven't spoke since. So this should be pretty interesting what we came up with, questions on Ray and I's side or just what you found in your deep dive investigation of this material and how it strikes you and and where we go from there. So, um, Ray, got anything before we dive into this subject of discernment and the sea of fake spirituality? Well, I think it's part of a natural part of the journey, spiritual journey as we have an awakening. And then we tend to see is to absorb all this information. We want to learn about all this different stuff, chakras and we go to different teachers and stuff and all this stuff. And it reminds me a lot about like when I first started working out, when I first started working out about all the muscle magazines, all the books, and you know, they would have you, some magazines would tell you, you know, you got to work out full body every day. And then some said, no, you got to do this, this specific workout. Some said you have to train heavy. Some said you have to stay train light. Right. And there was all this conflicting information and all of it was backed up by studies and looked at results and, you know, but it, at the end of the day, you just got to lift the weight. You know, you got to follow, you know, you got to come back to your own heart and what resonates with you and do what's right. And I think that's a lot about what this is with spiritual. There's so much information out there, but I think it's, it always, it, it always leads you back to your heart. That's where I think it finally goes. And it's, you know, and the mind can get caught up in all this, all this stuff. And, and it kind of puts you in this insecurity state and like, you know, should I do this? And what about my karma here? Am I in 5D or 3D right now? Am I this? And it's, and that's just going to lead you back to um, just into a state of suffering because you're just, you're so identified with the mind at that point, not so much the heart. Yeah, I think I just want to add something to that, which is um, like, even in watching this whole episode, you know, I really hope that people take that same level of discernment, even with the information that we're providing and sharing today, you know, it's like, this is not the end all be all. This is just a perspective, multiple perspectives, and we're just offering information. Um, but I think one of the most important things, it's like when you're really looking at information in this flood of over information is that what what teachers or what teachings or what information is actually leading you back to your own sovereignty back to your own self because anything that's going to draw you into needing some external person or needing um needing something out here to be able to come back like it's that's just not it you know so ultimately if it leads you back to yourself then you're probably on the right path if the person's telling you to trust yourself to be in touch with your own internal guidance system you know that's 
because you're living your life. You're the only person who's living your life. And we're all sifting through a sea of perspectives. So it's really up to the individual to be in touch with themselves and figure out what parts of this do I want to keep? What doesn't, what do I want to toss aside so that we can become um, these more discerning individuals that can take in a plethora of information and then decide what, what sticks for us. Right. Has there, has there been any, Rowan, has there been anything that like in your past that you think you've kind of like, get a sort of like drifted you off that you think you got caught up in that maybe like, ah, I don't really need that anymore. That doesn't, that doesn't resonate with me anymore. Um, I think it's more like I've found teachers at the right time and they gave me exactly what I needed for that stage. And then it sort of felt like I hit a wall with it where it was like, yeah, I think I've pretty much gotten what I needed to get from that. And then I would go somewhere else and I would absorb that and I'd get to a place. And it's like through the evolution of, of those different stages, then I've been able to eventually kind of pull back and look at all of it um, and take little pieces from everything and fit it into what works for me. So I think it's more like that than like, um, but there's also tons of information that like I've taken for granted that is just completely within the spiritual field, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this, and that this was something that I had shared with you guys about the articles on the flower of life and, and the chakra systems. And, um, there's a lot of individuals who are uncovering the true, you know, what they believe to be the true mathematics of sacred geometry and saying, you know, hey, these systems, these chakra systems, these geometrical systems that we're using, which, you know, these symbols hold a lot of magic for us. They hold um, a specific kind of frequency and intention that we can carry and use. But we take a lot of that just as we're like, yeah, I mean, that's what it is, right? You get into spirituality, like you said, you get all the books, you're like, yep, everyone's saying this is how the chakras are, this is this is the symbol for this. And we just don't really question it because it's just what everyone is saying is true. But there's a lot of people who are saying, no, actually there's been some inversions happening or perversions of a lot of this information to keep individuals from actually fully connecting to themselves. And without going too far down the rabbit hole of like, who exactly would like to prevent people from doing that? I mean, we can just look and see how anything that seeks to put people in a place of their own power does stand to threaten a lot of the systems that we currently have, which are designed to keep people out of a place of empowerment um, and to keep them just feeding some sort of system that actually doesn't really serve them or humanity's highest good. So there's a, there's been a lot of new information that's come in that I'm like, well, maybe I've been taking some information for granted that I shouldn't be. And that, that also had, now you guys got to hold my hand through this on both sides, please swing me like a little child between you, because when you sent these links and stuff, I thank you so much for that because you introduced me to a whole different realm of thinking, of language. I mean, that one of the first articles about the artificial flower of life 
and the golden ratio and the Fibonacci sequence equals the debt, or what was it called? The demon seed ratio. I mean, it, it was one of those things where I had every paragraph I had to go back and read again because I was learning a new language. Like this was very foreign material for me. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but what, you know, what you're saying about empowerment as it is applied to mathematics is some of these geographic sequences and stuff like that, these patterns or whatever that we hold is like the flower of life, whatever, um, are, is incorrect math or uh, as you uh, maybe a perversion of an original idea of math where it's not 45 degree angle, it's now it's 60 degrees. So it's finite, meaning ev instead of everything being everlasting and ever growing, it comes to an end. Right. Which to me would sound disempowering versus empowering, correct? Does this make sense what I'm saying? Because yeah. when I read it, I'm like, am I interpreting this right? Like, am I yeah. getting this? Yeah, literally they're saying, and again, right? I hope the people watching this take this for whatever it means for you. Look, do your own research. Um, but it's just a curious thing. Like I haven't heard of almost anyone talking about this in the spirituality field, like at all. So I was like, whoa, this is crazy. You're saying that these are inversions, that it's actually doing the opposite of what you think it's doing. And then I kind of had this other thought, which was, well, you know, intention has a lot to do with the, the like way that, for example, like if you have the right, the, the daisy of death or the flower of life, but you believe it's the flower of life and you have this intention behind it that's very pure, you know, does that kind of cancel out a little bit of this dark energy or is it just that we have these beings who are using these things and they're actually trapping themselves? Um, and, you know, if we want to get really esoteric with it, it would make a lot of sense because just from what I understand, what's taking place is a very big spiritual war right now on our planet. And there's a lot of people who are trying to anchor in sovereignty in their bodies and anchor in these technologies. Um, but if we have light workers or shadow workers or recovery or anybody or spiritual beings who are helping other people and they're using these symbols and they don't even realize that they're trapping themselves. Like what a clever, you know, what a clever um, infiltration or implant. And we've known for a long time that like any field that you have has the potential to be implanted because people know, you know, you could call it the dark, whatever, um, knows that, I just kind of lost my train of thought for a second. Oh, it's the darkness knows that people are going to, they're going to flock to spirituality. And so it's like, if we can pop off as many of the people and sort of fragment them a little bit, then we've sort of done the job of making sure that they're not coming together. And it's like this whole, I keep hearing this lately from my guides. They keep saying, you know, the way that you mislead people is by giving them two truths and a lie. So it's like, it's gotta, the information has to be close enough to a truth that your soul can feel where you're like, yeah, you know, that does resonate with me. I do feel like there's more to life than just, oh, these shapes are so beautiful. Um, but then it's a little bit distorted. So you're not actually able to fully embody it or fully get to where you want to get you're sort of like trapped in this like you're just so not sort of like, coming sort through of like feed them enough so they trust you and it resonates so they kind of let their guard down and as we kind of like slip into distortion or the lie or whatever yeah makes sense 
I kind of so, see that a lot, like, like organized religion too, you know, they'll kind of, they'll give you some truths and the stuff that resonates and then they'll kind of throw in like, well, but you know, like what unconditional love, they'll say, well, God loves you unconditionally, except if you don't believe this, then you're going to mm -hmm. go to hell, you know, it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. So I know we said we didn't want to go too far down the rabbit hole and we'll, we'll, we'll monitor each other here. So where, who, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be specifically, but like what, what would the, so people, people in power or, or something would be the implanters of this um, sabotage of sorts. Because, yeah, because they've been using this themselves. Like they have been using these technologies of information, law of attraction, um, you know, because they're technologies what you could call it witchcraft or, you know, prayer or the crop circle, collective consciousness. You know, this was something I talked about a year and a half ago was when I realized that the collective consciousness is creating because we're living in what's a, what is a co-creation. So if you can, successfully program or or maintain a certain level of consciousness within the collective then you can get them to create the reality that you want which is why if people are empowered and in touch with themselves they're not going to be creating that reality that doesn't serve them they're going to be creating something else so there is a real payoff for the people at the top to keep the rest of humanity um you know, not connected to themselves. Do you think we get like kind of like deceived into manifesting stuff for them? Like, absolutely. Kind of like, that. like, like my theory was kind of like COVID was sort of like this that, you know, the fear and like the mask were part of this like ritual to kind of like make this into a reality, into, you know, we got kind of used into this or our power of manifestation that we all believe that there's this you know, sickness out there that's killing everyone. And if we all believe it, and we all wear this, ex do this external thing of wearing a mask, part of the ritual, that this will just kind of come into fruition. And any fear, anything that, that the collective is feeling is then going to feed that timeline, which is why I've shifted my teachings towards more of a spiritual empowerment right now, because we need bodies on the ground who are sovereign and in their authority because we need them to anchor that new timeline to create. And for some people watching, you know, they may be like, oh my God, what the fuck are you talking about timelines? But like every choice that we make opens up a different timeline. Think about um, any choice that you've made. Like I decided to move here instead of move here. Well, that completely changed everything that happened in your life after that. So those new timelines that we have people anchoring in are so, so necessary right now because there is a large majority of the collective consciousness feeding timelines that are gonna destroy us. <laughs> mm -hmm. There was, again, at the introduction to so many new things. And like, I wasn't even aware of uh, the crystal spiral, the um, the Death Star Merkaba vehicle. Like, I've, uh, I haven't for 
fucking tattooed on my back. Like, trust me, when I started going down, I was like, fuck, I have the whole chakra systems in the Merkaba, like on my back. You know, what have I done? But I'm so I'm going to I'm going to drop these links that you shared, if that's OK. Right. You know, with and so so people know what where we're pulling some of these thoughts and questions and conversations from. But what, you know, overview we don't have to go again, super deep. But what what do you feel led you to proposing this topic? And can we can we talk at least for a few minutes about these these symbols for, for a minute? Because that's what that, that first very long article was um, much about that, the patterns and the, the math and stuff like that. And and it, it was a difficult read, but I felt like it was an important read to open my mind to that to that new way of thinking. So so what what do you feel inspired you or, or how did you come to go, you know what, if we're doing this podcast with these guys, this should be the topic. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason why I felt it was so important, just aside from that being something new in my own field about the geometry and everything is that within spirituality and healing or even psychology itself, there is so much misinformation. There is so much like surface level understanding or misunderstanding of a lot of these teachings. You know, you can look at somebody like Jesus Christ and what he was teaching and how that became very distorted. Like, you know, like Bhakti was saying about um, the religious component where humans changed it because they had their own agenda. Um, you know, I'm sure maybe a lot of you guys listening have experienced a person in your life that tells you to just think positively about something. Um, there's a lot of, because or don't focus on the negative thing because then you're just gonna manifest more of that. And there are, it's just like a total misunderstanding of what that actually is and what people are actually doing, right? Because we know you have to actually go towards your emotions. You have to actually uncover that thing. Otherwise it's still a point of attraction. You're still, you're actually, it's actually tenfold now because you're pushing against it and you're refusing to look at it, which means it has more power than it ever had before. Um, so there's a lot of, of like, what is the word? There's a word for it. Like, it's like the kind of, like bedside spirituality or like something where it's like, you know, I just kind of, it's like a hobby to kind of, it becomes something flashy. It becomes a business model. It becomes something that you can profit off of without a true integrated understanding of what the fuck is actually happening. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as these symbols go, yeah, I mean, we can go, we can go down that hole. I'm still trying to, to integrate that. But like you right. said, right, the what what they're what he's talking about, or what these articles are talking about, is if you do the math, the math, the geometry does not add up to the symbols and shapes that they're saying it does. But the thing is that most people are not going to no, I'm not a fucking mathematician. <laughs> I don't know how to do the you know right. this i'm just gonna trust okay yeah you said that's what it is cool um but there's people who are doing that and who are saying oh actually it looks pretty close like you put them side by side and you're like it's similar but it's definitely different 
Um, and for the people who will check those articles out, you know, feel into your body. When you look at one of those shapes, really feel what does it feel like to look at this versus the other one? Which one feels like it's closer to truth? That's a we're, we're, we're shutting off. We're shutting off all the information, all the words, all the teachings, and we're just we're having our own personal unbiased experience with the shape, right? Um, I kind of believe what you said, Rowan, too. It's like I think a lot of it's about the intent that you have, and I think if your intention's pure towards that symbol and it resonates, like when I look at the flower of life, I always think of like oneness, how the, all the circles kind of represent like souls, but it's all part of like one thing. And to me, that's that's what it represents. It doesn't represent anything evil. So to me, it's fine. And I don't think, I don't know. I don't think a flower is, that symbol is going to fuck with me, anything like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, fuck that flower, you know, I, whatever, you know, if it, that's what I look at it as, if it has some kind of demonic entity attached to it, then, you know, I, I, I think the love in my heart going inward is not going to, I don't need that symbol. I'm not feeding off of it. You know, that to me, and that's, 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 that's so. so important that you name that because that is more important than even discerning the difference between whether this is the right flower of life or this is the wrong one. You know, do we even need these external symbols to actually connect to our heart? No, we don't. We don't need any of that crap. It's really interesting to look into. Um, it might, you know, knowing about where your chakras are and all that stuff, sure, it might help you. But there's an intuitive knowing that people have. We know how to heal. You don't have to push your skin together to heal a cut the same way that we are naturally moving towards the, the truth of ourselves. And we don't necessarily need all that shit to do that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's so cool because like what you said earlier about um, uh, teachers and spending time, they show up exactly when you need them. And you spend the time with them that 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 you feel is that ample amount of time without even thinking about it, just it happens and you know like okay i've hit this ceiling it's not a bad thing it's just i'm moving on to another chapter right so when you brought this information to to us and you shared it it wasn't your uh, you know content specifically but it's something that you were called to check out and you share with us you were my and continue today to be my teacher so Rowan has showed up in my life personally as, as his teacher now. And whatever we do today, what we, what we did when we first started talking a week ago, whatever, these, the lessons for me just through this exercise of sifting through this material and figuring out what this podcast is going to be was that whatever it comes to in my life, it's super important for me to just listen deeper and deeper and deeper and feel deeper and deeper and deeper into whatever material is in front of me. And I've never opened a book, read it, a poem or anything and said, this is gospel. I've now found my life path. That's it. I'm done. Here we go. Right. It's always been like, like you said, this is another teacher and this is awesome. And now, like I said earlier, you unlocked a doorway in my soul and my brain, whatever word you want to put on it to look at things and feel into things in a whole new way with this new language and these shapes and these words and these Elizabeth April, I don't know who she is. I do now, right? And we'll talk about her in a second. But anyway, um, I thank you for that. And and that's that's profundity to me. That's like, 
a whole new universe has been unlocked. And is is it the Daisy of Death? Is it the Merkaba vehicle, Death Star, all these words you're putting on? I don't know. And as Ray said, I don't even think I really care. But what was so important to me and had me sit back in my seat was like, okay, man, just when you think you're the spiritual archaeologist, and I know how to go deep, man. I know how to look at things. I'm like, here's a whole nother, not just chapter, here's a whole nother library of information. Like, time to get busy. Yeah. So. Yeah. If we kind of want to segue into talking about, um, is it April? God, I, I don't want to. I think it's Elizabeth April. Elizabeth April. I wrote it down. So unless I wrote okay. it down wrong. Yeah. It's either, it's either AE or EA. I think it might be April Elizabeth. I don't know. Oh, did I do it wrong? Um, oh. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have it in the description <laughs> of the video. We got you guys. Yeah. Um, I've, and I've actually been able to come to a more integrated space about all of that since we last talked. Um, Good. And where I'm kind of at right now is, so the, the individual that I found all this information through, like the, the inversions of the geometry, her Instagram handle is Avatara Ananda. And I was like, okay, so here's what I was holding, right? I'm, or what I'm holding right now is I've got this person, right? Avatara Ananda, this great teacher, um, when I first found her, I was like, whoa, what the hell? It's like her page is all words. Like if you go to her Instagram, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just like words, 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 words. Um, and at first I was like, who is this person? Like what's going on? You know, like we do with any new person that we encounter um, to kind of get a feel for them. And then I was like, no, no, this person knows what she's talking about. She's not a bypasser. She's, she's saying we've really got to do the work and and she's, she's doing some really amazing, crazy stuff with the zero point field. Um, for those of you that maybe don't know what that is, it's like, okay, what's the shortest distance between two points? It's not a line, it's actually zero, meaning you just fold reality in on itself and then you don't have to move at all. The same way that when you're in a dream, you can create an illusion of distance and space, but you're actually not moving. Um, so she does a lot of work with that, with sovereignty, anchoring in those new timelines. And I'm thinking, okay, this person's great. Like, I don't see, I, you know, this person seems to be in alignment. And then I'm holding this other side, which is another teacher that I um, interact with who's Phil Good and a, probably a lot more popular. This person's like 255,000 versus maybe 12,000 over here. And he's saying, you know, I've, I really resonate with him. I'm like, this guy's speaking truth. This feels good in my core. And he's like best friends with Elizabeth April. And he's saying, yeah, you know, so he's best friends with somebody who's in contact with the Galactic Federation, basically confirming that the Galactic Federation is a-okay. They're sending in good information. And for those of you guys watching who don't know what the Galactic Federation is, give it a little Google. Um, it's basically like a cosmic governmental system, the same way that we have one here. There's ideas that our own government has been in, in contract and contact with the Galactic Federation, um, exchanging technologies. And there's a lot of spiritual beings who also claim to be on their council or be connected to the council, trading information, bringing that, embodying that in. And so, and then on the other side, we've got Avatar Ananda who's saying, 
the Galactic Federation is a phony, it's a fraud, don't listen to people who are in contact with that because they're not putting you directly in touch with source or God. And so where I was able to sit with all this, which is really what we already named, is okay, well, I know that this person has undoubtedly changed my life for the better. I know that this person has undoubtedly changed my life for the better. I don't know whether the, you know, I'm still asking the universe, could you please tell me if this is a fake or not? Um, or what the quality of the information coming through individuals who are connected to the Galactic Federation really are or is. Um, but I'm like, okay, both people have changed my life for the better. It's only leading me farther and farther towards some kind of internal truth. So again, does it really matter if the Galactic Federation is totally off or not, as long as I can stay in a space of discernment and continue to take in the good things that I am getting from both teachers, then okay, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe one of them has, it, obviously one of them has it wrong, maybe they both have it right. Maybe there's some parts of the Galactic Federation that are totally in alignment and maybe there's other parts of it that aren't. So that kind of, that kind of middle ground where we can not shut something completely out also not just completely believe everything i think it's kind of being comfortable being comfortable with with not knowing and being okay with that and you know it's okay to not know and not to have all the knowledge and of this stuff and well you know what what do we really know you know what do we really know about a lot of stuff to be really honest you know probably not a whole lot so i mean i think it depends on you know, what do you really want do you want to really sovereignty? Do you want to be liberated? And, you know, every teacher has something to offer us. Um, doesn't mean we have to sit there and buy everything that they're telling either, because, right. you know, I think sometimes we put certain teachers on pedestals and we think like, oh, well, this person was, you know, all everything is right about, you know, them and this one area of spirituality doesn't always mean that they're going to be right about everything, that they're infallible so totally hmm. so we we briefly touched on uh elizabeth april and i think that that video was followed by another video but both videos were about the subject of karma so yeah. allow us all to expound on a theme uh maybe introduce our own um ideas or misconceptions that we've had or think that are out there. I know recently I had a conversation with my brother and um, he defined it for me in a text. We weren't even weren't talking about it, but it came up in a text and I was like, oh, this is perfect timing and alignment with our podcast. Um, but you sent me one, sent us, excuse me, uh, one video on what Elizabeth April's doing out in the world and some new books she's writing. And most of the video was about her book um, and, and get excited about the book, get excited about the book, but she was excited about the material and it was a teaser and I get it. Um, and so I was trying to thread, unthread the carpet there and see what was below the tapestry. Um, and then it was a Teal Swan video. So what, what was important, um, as we stay on course with, um, discernment, uh, navigating the great flood of fake spirituality, what was the importance of, um, opening up the conversation to the subject of karma and the, the two different takes from those two different teachers. Yeah. 
yeah, I know. A, gets a little conflict complex. I ask um, and I really would, bad and I would questions. Really, wait, what'd you say? I said sometimes I ask really broad and like a, a bad questions because it's like, like not ready. Boom! Let's let's open up this door now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Do I'd love best. to hear. I'd love to hear your guys's take on this too. Um, I think. So what I've what I have understood originally, or at least for a while, what feels intuitive to me, um, and which Teal talks about, Teal Swan talks about in great length, is the misunderstanding of karma. So a lot of people think of karma and they think of punishment for poor behavior. They think of what goes around comes around. If you do something, it's going to come back to you. Um, and on the one hand, we have cause and effect, right? You do something and there's an effect for that cause. But what Teal's been saying is you don't come into this life with the karma from your past life. So let's say in your past life, you murdered somebody. Um, she's saying you're not going to come in and have the universe say, well, in that last life, you murdered someone. So we're going to send in some, you know, and you see people who might go to past life regressionists or something. And she's also really warned against this because she said, I've seen very few, like almost none who have ac like accurately been able to tap into people's past lives because what they're actually tapping into is the person's current state of being or their current frequency and matching that to lives that would reflect what's happening. So what Teal talks about is that you will choose into this life based off of those experiences um, and the degree to which you're conscious of choosing into that depends on your level of awareness and consciousness because some of the reincarnations that we're doing are deterministic. They're based off of just like, all right, cause and effect versus an actual conscious, super conscious choice. Um, so let's say in the past life you murdered somebody, well, based on that experience, you might choose to come into an opposite experience where you are um, a victim of something, you know, so you can feel what it's like to be on the other end of the knife, so to speak. And that would make sense from, you know, if the universe is trying to get to know itself, it's trying to become aware of as many perspectives as possible. It would make sense for you to want to be both the blade of grass that is stepped on and the person stepping on the blade of grass. But what she, what Teal has said is that this kind of perverted idea that the universe is a punishing God or is somehow doling out punishments and rewards. You know, she really talks about how this is an objective universe. And while yes, we've collectively decided that we want expansion and we want awareness, there's no objective, this is bad. And so you're going to get punished for that. There's just natural consequences for things like that. And then there's awarenesses and then we might choose something different. Um, I hope I was able to give a good summary of like- Oh no, so far it's what been I fantastic, think. yes. Okay. Um, and so, and also, you know, this is really important to talk about because if anybody is interested in knowing about their past lives, you know, be really weary of that because a lot of people who have experienced a lot of trauma will try to scapegoat their trauma onto a past life because it's easier to handle. It's easier to think, well, in a past life, 
in a past life, your dad was actually a king who, who suppressed you or something like that versus being in the reality of the fact that in this life, the, the reason why a person is ever experiencing anything, it has to do with this lifetime. I mean, even people who I've seen who have drawn conclusions to their past lives, it still fits the narrative of this current lifetime. So to not scapegoat that and to really look at, you know, how, how did this actually relate to what really happened in my own childhood? Um, but going back to the karma thing, and this was a little confusing for me, but what this other person was saying, this breakthrough that they were feeling like they had, they were like, wow, you know, I'm so, this is so huge, you guys. They were saying that a way to bypass karma, because this person obviously believes in a more traditional version of karma, which would be um, those things coming back to you in this lifetime, is that they got information that said people can simply imprint past lives. So you could basically sit there and read a book from a cosmic perspective of, you know, a thousand lifetimes. You're basically getting the the cliff notes of all the lessons from those lives without actually having to live them. And she also mentions how there's kind of a problem with that because in not having embodied those lifetimes, yeah, you're, you're missing out on certain things. You're getting the cliff notes version. You didn't read the whole book. Um, but what they were saying, she's like, this is so huge because what this means is that by imprinting all of those lifetimes, we're not actually taking on the karma of them. And so, some of these newer souls who are coming in with all this, this wisdom and information, they're not subject to karma because they've just imprinted those lives. Um, which to me, when I heard that, just kind of felt like the two truths and a lie thing. It just didn't feel totally accurate. It felt like, well, I mean, I'm not even on board in the first place with this original version of karma coming right. back and punch. I mean, here's the thing, guys, though, as a collective, we are coming full circle for a lot of things like the genocides and the the murders and the the mass land taking and exploitation of resources like that lives in all of our DNA generationally, we're coming full circle as a collective and really purging some of those old storylines and creating something new. So it's not that I don't believe that like, it's all, it's all here at the same time, but I think it can be really limiting for people to think of karma as a, as a universe that wants to punish you. That to me feels like a projection of mommy and daddy on the universe of mommy and daddy are going to punish me for being bad. That's not, why would the universe punish itself? You are the universe. So why would source or God or you be interested in doling out punishments to yourself? Why you wouldn't even need to do that because then the natural consequence is going to be there the same way that when a child steps outside with no shoes on in the middle of winter, you don't need to punish them for that. They're, they're punishing themselves because they get the experience of what walking in the cold with no shoes on is like. Right. right. So I don't know, maybe you could jump in for a second. Oh yeah, Ray, I'm sure, I'm sure you have a take well, there. Mine's very simple. I'll I save think, mine for I the end. A lot of it, you hit the nail on the head. I think um, 
karma comes from we have free will we could either act out of a place of acceptance or a place of resistance and i think what happens is when we act out of resistance that's how it it never really there's there's a there's consequences there's probabilities a set of probabilities from both perspectives of acting out of acceptance or acting out of resistance and each one is going to give you a certain there's a certain outcome to each one and so i think it's when you're exclusively identified with the ego you know the ego is usually that's what causes more so the you know the resistance which is part of the trauma it's ego's made up of all that stuff and so if we resist what's going on that's going to have a certain outcome it's not it's not really ever going to lead to a satisfaction you know it's it's ultimately not going to be fulfilling and it's like how you're saying it's not really punishment it just is what it is and um and it will keep coming up because yeah, it's not it hasn't been carried to its fullness yeah it's kind of weak and we have to maybe keep learning that till we till we come into the place that with that lesson i guess you could say that lesson we need to learn to accept what is you know because really it's it's you could almost say that's what enlightenment is, is the unconditional acceptance of what is um and, it, and it's it's just the the judging mind the judging mind is part of the ego and that's what kind of like labels um experiences as good or bad good or bad and it's you know it's it's convenient in some ways in day-to-day life is labeling stuff as good as bad and, but you know ultimately when it comes to something like karma it really isn't bad karma or good karma i mean we say like if something didn't turn out our way where i'm like well that was bad karma because i decided to you know drink a bottle of whiskey last night now i'm hung over and i have to call off work and now i'm gonna get written up and blah 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 <coughs> now that promotion i wanted you know you could say that's bad karma but it's just you know but sometimes too you know we may say something in a situation is bad but you know in, in a long big you know we've all had experiences where we say that's a bad you know that oh, must have been bad karma but as things play out, they end up being good. You know, let's say I, you know, I drink that bottle of whiskey and I have to cough work and, and I get in trouble. Now I don't get that promotion, but you know, if, if I, if maybe that would have saved me from, you know, now I get, I have to get a new job that I like better. And that old job would have, you know, would have eventually laid me off in about, you know, a year. So I'm a big picture and up being good. So I think that just teaches us not to label things like that and just be and I love also what you were saying about um, learning the lesson, because I think that that's really the core of what people also are calling karma. It's like things will continue to come back around to us over and over and over. That's the same thing in a different wrapping paper mm-hmm. until we have integrated that thing. And it's not even some spiritual like concept. It's just that it will continue to negatively affect you until you have found a way to shift your perspective about that thing, shift your belief about that thing, shift your thinking, um, have a different relationship to that experience or person or whatever it is. Um, And if we don't, you know, which we, we all have lessons that we've gone through. You know, the universe keeps throwing us the same thing. It's like, why do I keep having the same relationship over and over and over again? 
Well, because we haven't integrated what we need to, to go to the next level, to go to the next stage. And once we do, then we've just unlocked a new level. We have new lessons and things coming through. And a lot of people think about earth as a school for our soul. Um, and I think part of that school is discernment, like we're talking about filtering out, getting, cause, cause the thing is, is that we are beacons of light. We are the truth. It's just that we have to, to strip off what is covering over that. And we do that through these reflections and through these relationships with other people time and time again, until we change and shift how we relate to that thing. And also I thought that was pretty interesting about they were talking about the implants. I remember reading something like years ago, I used to be really into Sylvia Brown back in the day. And she talked about something like a technology that was very similar to that. But she said that like how we can kind of like merge into someone's life and live that life. But more of like, she made it sound like it was more of like a, like a witnessing consciousness. Hmm. Like how we can kind of like, you know, like they, they brought the thing about Jesus and multiple people saying they had, the, they lived the life of Jesus. Well, she said that, you know, you can go basically like, I don't know, like go into like some kind of like thing and basically just merge your awareness with the life of Jesus and basically like see his, life in his eyes, but you can't make choices though. You're just basically just right. observer the whole way. Well, that kind of lines up with what Elizabeth April was saying about, because she literally talks about Jesus actually. And she says, you know, I was really confused because she would do these past life regressions for people and she got multiple people coming through as Jesus. And that's when it started to click. And she later found this other information where she was like, oh, I was getting all those people coming through as Jesus because of this quote unquote imprinting. But like you said, it could also be that our consciousness has the ability to merge with, understand a specific perspective, whether that's go out of body in a dream, you know, when we're actually, when we die and our consciousness merge, you know, we might have the capacity because we're not limited by our ego or limited by our beliefs to gain access to information in this life or not in this life, and then carry that through, whether that's imprinting or whether that's just the law of oneness and being able to tap into any perspective that exists. I gotta give you guys golf claps and poetry snaps because when I look at this sea, <laughs> this turbulent sea of fake spirituality, real spirituality, spiritual schmality, whatever you want, words you want to put on it. I mean, there, there's waves and there's Rowan on her badass like yacht, just cutting through the, the, the surface and just riding through the storm. Then I look over, I see Ray on his romantic sailboat, majestic as fuck. And I feel like I'm clinging to a buoy in the middle of it all and, you know, <laughs> circling great white sharks around me. And I'm like, I'm gonna get this, I swear. I'm gonna catch up, guys. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna get a boat one day, but right now I'm on this buoy. Like, can I have a ride? You guys just, you guys just picked me up and you saved me from the middle of the ocean a little bit. You made things a lot more clear about the conversation of karma. Uh, we have such an incredible rainbow of listeners out there from all over the world. And there are so many different places in their journey and in, in their spots of discernment and, and studying with certain teachers and what have you. And so this conversation for me for karma just came up with my brother. And I think I misspoke and 
you guys would love him as most people that get the opportunity to meet him. Um, we're very similar and incredibly different. Um, in person, he talks a lot, but in tech, he's like the Confucius of texting. It's like one or two words usually. And it's like wise as, right? Like he just dropped in, it always hits <laughs> But with the karma thing, I think I misspoke or something. I was like, is this my karma for being a bad son? Right? And he's like, that's not the way karma works. And he's like, he's like, it's not a cause and effect thing. And then he just said, so he said, that's not how karma works. It's not a cause and effect thing. Karma just is. Mm. And he's like, so, and, and he kind of like dropped the mic and said, you know, like sit with that. So like, like, it's like, that's just, karma is, it's just your story. And, and reflect, and, and we can, we can take that so many ways, but plugging it into what you guys just said and what Teal shared and everything, it's like, no, we're not getting punished. Like, this is my story and I have options. And like, we, if we are the universe and we are the creators of our experience, like I didn't sign up or opt in or whatever terminology you want to put on to perpetually suffer. I came here to learn, man. We all came here to learn, whether we kick and scream when we're doing it. I, I, that's, I really loved what you said about a, a learning plan. What'd you call it? A learning planet? Um, like a soul school. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. It's a great, I think it's a great way to open the front door to your house, especially when you're in a funk too and go, this is a pretty dope school, man. Not saying bulldoze your emotions of depression, sadness, despair, or otherwise, but like, it's a dope school out there, man. There's some incredible teachers and students to play with. Like, it's a really gentle and nice reminder. Soul School will stick with me till the end of days. So it's a gift I'm going to take from this podcast. And why we do this every week, Rowan, in case you um, didn't know, we, we, again, I'm on the buoy, Ray's on the sailboat, you're on the yacht, and we're just sharing what we've seen and the waves that we've transversed together separately, collectively and otherwise. And I don't know, are we right? Are we wrong? I don't know if it matters. I just think it's great to have more content out there to consider. And I think that's what we're doing and what we have done today is, is we took some information and we've plugged our personal experience into it and listened to each other's and it really just amplifies the dots. So the dots don't appear as far off in the unattainable distance. Now they're a little more like tangible and you're like, oh shit, Rowan just gave me a Sharpie. Like I'm starting to get it. And then the world makes a little more sense and school feels a little more enjoyable. And you're like, I didn't come here to suffer. There's some gold underneath, you know, these hills. Like, let's get to it. So I don't know, I'm blabbering. Thank you for listening. I get excited when, you know, I feel like a new chapter has been opened up and you both have done that um, for me today. And I'm sure some people out in the audience, um, once we download this thing and get it out there uh, to the, to whomever decides to plug in. So where are we at here, guys? How is everybody feeling with the, the conversation? Should we, should we slide into maybe some more discernment? Should we do a break? Should we do a card reading? Rowan? Throw some ideas at me. Um, well, how are we doing on time? Because I was thinking, like, what's the what? What is your Zoom gonna? Well, here's the thing: the audience knows our situation. We don't have premiere, so we usually only get like 40 minutes if we have a third party. This is the first time we've had a third party, and before you jumped on, I said, "You know what, Ray? 
maybe Zoom's going to give us a Christmas gift and not shut us down. And so far, guys, I haven't gotten an alarm. So we can ride this to the end. And I think we've already covered a lot of great stuff. Rowan? Yeah, yeah. Let's. let's okay. Okay, good. You said, yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. But this is what I'm thinking. Before we do a card reading or any other talking, let's give you an opportunity to tell us how people can find you, right? Give us a few sites if that's okay. And sure. make, and like if someone would like to, to uh, cons consider consulting with you or booking a session or something, where, where are the places that we can find Rowan Garlow? Sure, yeah. So you can just go to rowangarlow.com. Simple enough. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at rowangarlow. <laughs> or on Facebook at Rowan Garlow or Living Lucid Now. Um, I have a private Facebook group called Living Lucid Together. Um, but as of right now, well, that's not true. There's actually quite a few Q and A's on there that are not anywhere else. Um, so there's some things on there that aren't anywhere else, but yeah, that's how you can find me. Is, and is there a YouTube channel? Things. Oh yeah, and yeah. a YouTube channel, Rowan Garlow. <laughs> You've made it so simple. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll drop all those links down in the description field or whatever. So we'll, sh we'll be sharing it on our Bodhi uh, Bose Bros page, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Anchor, all the podcast platforms. Rowan, we're going to give her a copy and she's going to put it wherever she wants. Um, we'll also, um, at least my community and, and Facebook and uh, possibly Instagram, wherever I'm able to efficiently do it, you'll get invitations from me to uh, check out Rowan's Facebook page. Uh, I might do some YouTube invitations, but we definitely want to support anyone that, that comes on our show. And, and an easy way for us to do that is just reach out to our network and say, hey, guys, if you're interested in this type of material, if you like what the Bodie Bros do, she's she was on for a very good reason. And here's her stuff. Please consider supporting her the way um, that you guys have. Supported yeah. And, us. and really quickly. Right. Because I'm putting this on my channel. So how can people find your podcast if they want to uh, tune in? Ours is a lot uh, more difficult to find. You could find us on Facebook at XYZ995811129 or Hot Potato. No, I'm kidding. It's the Bodie Bros on Facebook. It's um, the, the Bodie Bros, I think, on Instagram. Um, YouTube, do we keep it the Bodie Bros? Was it? I think it's the Bodie Bros. Yeah, I think everywhere we've, we've done a pretty good job as the Bodie Bros. Um, yeah, and any of the, not any of the, but I'll say uh, a majority of the more um, mainstream uh, streaming podcast places like Breaker, uh, Radio One, or I think it's called Radio One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, and if there's not one, uh, or if there's one that you love using and would love to see us on that, you know, send us a message and, and we'll try to, you know, hook up with that platform as well, because it's usually pretty easy and um pretty free to add another one to the list um, but anchor's fantastic i know i've said that before but they make podcasting easy and connectivity a dream so if anyone out there is thinking of podcasting looking to anchor you're welcome anchor <laughs> for the free ad there so yeah yeah well thank you for that too ron we appreciate that it's uh we've i, I think ray and i feel like we've we've grown this thing pretty slow and comfortably um and learning with really, really old school devices at first and have slowly graduated our technology and want to make it look sharper and sharper each week. Um, just recently got um, a gift from my brother too that'll help with that. Ray, I'll share that with you after the podcast, but yippee for us. Uh, we, we have backup now because there was a time where 
um, you know, maybe our, our, our podcast uh, was absent for a week because of huge technical difficulties, but now we have redundancy. As I think companies grow or projects grow, you, 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 you protect yourself with backup and stuff like that. And now we have that. So that's a super awesome Christmas time gift. But um, how about we pull a card? Do you have, you have a deck? I have a deck. Do you uh, have a deck? I have a deck. Do you have a deck? I, I have a deck. Rowan, do you have a deck? Are we all going to pull a card from a deck? <laughs> we could, we, you know, we could, we could do whatever. I think, I feel like, I feel like if we all agree, the, the top Zoom has been kind and didn't shut us off. So guys, we're going to do like a one part and a two part. We'll just make this a one parter. Um, if we feel like we've thoroughly covered the topic of discernment and navigating the, the sea of faith. There's, there's something else that I felt like was like, that I wanted to touch on um, before we do that, the card thing. And it was something related to what you were saying about, you know, so it's like you said, karma just is, and I, I honestly don't have it, but there is something else. Like it feels like there's something else that needs to come through about discernment because, you know, this whole podcast was about spirituality and, and discernment, but obviously if you look at what is taking place right now in the world it is incredibly important to have discernment in all areas of your life in how you take care of your physical health in the information that's coming through about health because there's over over information and misinformation in every single area possible in psychology in physical health in exercise like bhakti was saying in spirituality, in politics, in, in everything. So, you know, it's not just about that one thing. Um, as I'm sure a lot of people have gotten to understand just with their own physical health, there's so many chronic illnesses with no, no information about what's actually going on. Um, I'm just gonna put a plug in here for medical medium. I would highly consider checking out his information because it blew my mind about what, you know, chronic conditions. If you're somebody who has colitis, IBS, fibromyalgia, <coughs> any of these, um, you know, viral conditions, anything that you're like, I don't know, my doctor just says, we don't know, you know, look into, alternative sources that are not being backed by money or by corporations. So look at where is your information coming from? Is it paid for? Where is the science coming from? Because a lot of the science that we have is not the totality of what we understand. It's the science that has been paid for because it's what will sell, you know, like, there's a reason why research isn't being done on all the number of herpes viruses that exist and how to actually deal with viruses from a different kind of perspective, right? There's research and money going into vaccines. There's research and money going into things that can create more profit, but you don't continue to create profit if you get people well and in their sovereignty. So be discerning about the kind of vitamins that you put in your body. Don't just assume that because it's a vitamin, all vitamins are created equal. Be discerning about your mental health information and your psychologists and your psychiatrists and 
you know, where did they get their information from? Just because they have a certification doesn't mean that they understand even trauma. You know, that's crazy to me. I didn't even realize that. That's a whole other conversation. But discernment on all fronts is so important right now and continuing to come back to what feels good. Does it feel good in my body to believe that this is true? Sometimes it doesn't feel good to, sometimes truth doesn't feel good. Sometimes it's like, God, I really wish that that wasn't true. But is it really serving me to stay hooked into, let's say a belief that this Christmas, for example, is gonna be horrible and that we're all gonna be alone and that it's gonna be bad. Does that really serve me? You know, <laughs> if I just leave, <laughs> leave people with this one last thing, it's to really examine where did you get your beliefs and why are we still holding on to beliefs that don't serve us? Because a great teacher once said, Teal Swan, that you should not have a single belief that doesn't serve you. If we believe that we are being being controlled <laughs> I'm getting well right now um I like that if, if we believe that we are being controlled if we believe and hold that narrative <laughs> that people have power over us does it serve our highest good or is there something else that we could replace that belief with that would actually put us in a place of sovereignty period <coughs> oh fuck <laughs> yeah it kind of reminds me a little bit too of um like the buddha and i remember people were saying you know the buddha said like you know you don't have to believe me. He's like, don't believe me. Go out and test out everything on my teachings himself. It doesn't resonate with you. You don't have to, don't buy into it. Don't believe it. You know, he said, go out there and practice that. See, see for yourself. You know, he didn't say just blindly believe what I'm telling you is the root of suffering and such and such. You know, go out there. And anyone who's going to tell you, this is truth. This is the truth. You know, ooh. Yeah. Maybe back up a little bit from that because they're not looking at the totality of what's possible within human beings and within collective consciousness. You know, there is not one way to do something. There is not one way to be healthy. There is not one way to grow. There is not just one way to meet our shadow, to meet our light. There are millions of ways and there's no right one way. Have you ever read the book Siddhartha? <laughs> the book of what called siddhartha <laughs> siddhartha was, yeah, by herman hess yeah yes. it was a good book a guy that um a spiritual guy and he goes on the spiritual journey and the buddha is actually a character in the book and he meets like the buddha and his friend goes along the path of buddhism but he ends up going his own separate path takes his own way he's like i'm not gonna go like he tried doing the hinduism being a brahmin and was doing all this stuff and he's like that didn't resonate with him then he, he learned about the buddha and he met the buddha but he you know and his friends went like the buddhist path and he was all he went into worldliness he actually went into the town and got like a job and everything and he had to go like full circle instead of 
<coughs> instead of being a renunciant, he became, I guess, a very worldly person like that. And I mean, he had to go through all those stages to learn that. It didn't really eat him to fulfillment. Then he ends up just like going into like the wilderness and like, um, I think he gets his enlightenment by like viewing like a river and viewing like the stream of everything coming and going and learns the impermanence through through nature basically is how he ends up becoming enlightened. But it's kind of good. It, it kind of really just illustrates that that we all have to take our own path and that you know sometimes we have certain models that we can follow like Buddhism, Hinduism, or <clears throat> religion or whatever. But ultimately, it's our choice to make and our path, and we have to live it our way. Yeah, Herman yeah. Hesse is a great author. He's written some marvelous books and poetry. <laughs> um, I remember one that my brother recommended me to years, years, years. Oh my God, so many years ago, called Magister Ludi, uh, mm. L-U-D-I, Ludi. And at the sake of taking up way too much time to to give you the synopsis of that one, amazing book. But Herman Hesse, if you haven't read any of his stuff, folks, uh, check it out. It's good. Good stuff. It's good. I'm gonna grab my cards. Um, yeah, so cool. I've got a deck, right? You said you have a deck? Um, yeah, give me a second and I'll go grab it. I've got an energy deck, folks. Energy, there's my energy deck. Oh, oh no, you did you did not grab the blind spot. Did you grab the blind spot? Did I see the blind spot? Yeah, I, did. I think I saw the blind spot. Yeah. Woo, I've got I, I'm keeping it simple with a little energy deck. I got the Osho Zen. Okay, I love that deck. That's cool. Uh, Rowan, we'll we'll let you be um um we'll let you go number three because I know all about the blind spot. And I think that's a good yeah, way to, I have that deck to, too. to wrap things up. <laughs> we'll start we'll start light with my deck. We'll move into Ray and some Zen and then we'll let Teal hammer us home. <laughs> Okay, so collective card reading for, wow, not just our audience, but possibly some of Rowan Garlow's audience too. That's so, so, and Rowan, a, a zillion thank yous for this collaboration and doing that. Yeah, thank you. So we can, you know, maybe reach more people and, and oh, see yeah. the world together. Boom, this is what I got. What does it say? Door to value. All right, it is card <laughs> number 31. There's, there's money raining from the sky, it looks like, some gold token in the back. All right, <coughs> door to value sounds, sounds abundant, sounds fun. It's card number 31, 31, if that number means anything to you, or three plus one is four. It came up upright, so this card shows a door with a gold coin on it, opening to a place that's filled with light and bright potential. Money, coins, and jewels fly toward you, through the open door revealing a golden city beyond. All of this points to the potential for exciting new beginnings or expansions where work or money are concerned. Perhaps a new opportunity is totally unexpected or perhaps it's something you've been working toward for quite a while. Either way, keep your eyes open for this new beginning to appear in your life. Know that anything you value may be open to you now. Remain conscious and creative and get ready to step through the door. <laughs> Really quickly, I have to add something to that. Um, Do it. We have to be stepping into a space of wealth consciousness because the people who are stepping into their sovereignty know and recognize that, okay, yeah, maybe the form of money will change down the line, but right now we need money in the right hands and that money has the capacity in the right hands 
to create so much abundance and so much wealth for so many people. This is like people like myself and other teachers who are trying to secure property and land, um, who are trying to secure safe places as refuge for people to come and heal and come back to themselves in the future. Um, and that, that type of mentality, right? It's, it might seem totally asinine to even be talking about this right now when we're literally headed towards a fucking depression as a country. We have a higher unemployment rate than we've, you know, in a very, very long time, a lot of people do not have the resources, but you have to first start with where am I, where am I in a lack mentality in my life? This is, I literally wrote it down last night that this is something that I myself am trying to purge. And I'll just give you a really short example. Where are you, for example, like myself, where was I keeping people in my life that were not a hundred percent of a compatible match because I was in a lack mentality of not wanting to be alone. So my connection to that person was coming from a space of, I don't have enough. You know, we just, just that very basic thing of what am I, what choices am I making in my life that are coming from a space of lack? And then how can I shift that? And how can I shift my mentality to that of abundance? Whether it's, okay, maybe I don't have coin right now, but where do I have abundance? Where can I focus on bringing more of that energy in? Because that wealth consciousness in the right hands is the shift in power that we need to actually change the structures. So I just needed to add that. No, thank you for that addition. That's, that's very that's good. magic. I like that very much. And, and glad that is a forever part of this episode because it is so important. And thank you. Thank you. Our time. Hi, guys. The fool. <laughs> That's me, guys. In case you were wondering, I'll take it. I never have read this one before. I didn't really like their explanation of it, but let's see. Zero. I'll explain why it makes what sense. What does the fool represent to you? His podcast partner. I'm just kidding. <laughs> trying. I, for... Well, I've read other things where the fool is sort of in that zero state. That zero part is. Um, Kind of like you said, beginning a journey. Kind of like a innocent, like a playful, innocent. Um, I guess somewhat naive, but not like. But you know, always like thinking like the best, going about it, sort of. Starting new, you know, starting new projects, starting a new relationship. Um, you know, maybe. You know, maybe we're not. We're just open. We're open to new experiences, and maybe we're not looking at some things that can go wrong. But that's maybe that's a good thing, you know. Being kind of a little bit of a fool like that, just going. I think going forth with, a, with an open heart, like that, yeah. and being with a sense of courage. Mm. You know, that's where we find our courage is there in the heart, and just being, not sitting there, not being letting our mind be like, oh, well, this could happen, that could happen, you know, and. Um, so I think in some ways the fool is looked upon by other people, not always by ourselves. Like something you take on a project or you take on, you're, you're, you're stepping out of your safety zone, your comfort zone. And someone else might look at you at outside and be like, well, that dude's a fool. Well, that person's a fool. Well, look at this, look at their, you know, they're doing this. That's just weird. So they, so I think it's almost a fool's a per, um, 
a projection of other people onto you mm. or onto us. Mm. And, you know, we may look at us as a fool where we're just going at it like, hey, this is a good opportunity. This is, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to, you know, this is, this is what I want. stepping into my power. I'm stepping into my empowerment. Um, That's kind of how I see the fool. And I think there's also a really big difference, you know, between choosing to focus on what we want instead of what currently is and burying our head in the sand and ignoring what is. So we can use what is to focus on what we would prefer instead, or we can just bury our head in the sand and just not look at it at all and then be punched in the face when it happens and be like, I had no clue that that was coming my way. Um, which is like a little bit different than what you were just saying. But um, I think if I could just add anything to that, my interpretation of the fool is, is kind of like what I just said, but also that like do i talk about this right now do it um, sometimes like gosh i can't believe i'm going to talk about this right now because i was Yay! Gonna, um <laughs> one of the and I, I talked about this in my last live was i said i got a slap in the face from a teacher of mine now, people that follow me know that I have battled on and off with cannabis addiction for a long time. And this year has been the most successful year for me of like having moments of really being able to pull out of it. And I feel like I'm, you know, right now I'm, I'm stone cold sober and I'm coming out of that, really clearing myself of those, those things. But, um, and just why this feels like it relates is, is this teacher, this avatar, Ananda, this individual that I'm going to be working with, unknowingly to her, she posted, I remember thinking, I was like, okay, if this person's as good of a master, if this person's actually a master at what they're doing, they should be able to detect that the people that they are pulling in for this project that we're going to be working on, she should, if it's not her consciously knowing, there should be some part of her that knows that um, when I agreed to step into this group with these people, I was still hooked in with cannabis. And then like the next day she posted on her story about how we cannot have our leaders off in Narnia with things like plant medicines. And she goes into this whole thing about how you know we we basically are not using these things properly we're you know if you're using marijuana every single day or frequently i'm not here to judge anybody or tell anybody who's listening to this what is right or what is wrong because that's for you to decide but for myself um i know that she's right because i've been hearing it from my spirit for a very long time and i don't know why this feels like it relates to me but it does it's just like that foolish so there's something about that energy that's like we could fool ourselves or trick ourselves into believing sometimes that we are that it's okay to just kind of stay where we are that it's okay to just kind of keep some of these mechanisms because well i know more than maybe this other person or maybe i'm more aware than well at least i'm not a heroin addict well at least i'm not this instead of actually really doing what it takes to step into that next level of sovereignty. And I just know that it's so true that we can't, you know, the leaders 
of what is to come and the leaders right now, they've got to be embodied and they've got to be sovereignly in their bodies. And it's just not possible to do with chronic coping mechanisms every single day, which I've talked about. So I just want to add that in. I hope that's not too much of a derail, but. You know, I'm so glad that I, I was promoting for you to continue because Ray knows very well, I've mentioned my escapades many an episode um, of the very same subject. So I'm glad you tied it in there and had the courage to offer that up. And Zoom has gifted us the gift of time, so let us enjoy. Um, and I think it's very, very pertinent and, and plugs into this power of three podcast dynamic card reading because I'm sure I'm positive that what you pull out of that deck, Rowan, is gonna really all lace this all together. And you're gonna feel excited that you shared that portion of your grand story for sure. God, stories, the story. Okay, I'm gonna pull the card because I could keep talking, but the, <laughs> but the, okay, just one, I'm gonna pull a card, I'm gonna shuffle. There's one other thing I wanna add about stories, you guys. Good. And this is, this is I'm gonna name who this is coming from. This is coming from Phil Good. Um, oh, I said good. <laughs> so, so many of the stories that we tell about our lives actually keep us trapped. So it's really important, right, that we have, as a human being, it's what we do to have a linear timeline so we can see what growth has happened. We can see we were here and now we're here. And sometimes we got to tell stories to purge them. Sometimes we got to go, we got to go way back and actually relive the story and then change it and integrate it. Um, so it's not to say just to bypass over that and just drop all your stories, but eventually I do think where we're headed is to be living more like a dot and to be kind of releasing ourselves from this is my story. You know, the story is that I was abandoned when I was a child. And, and because of that, I mean, that's an integrated story, I guess. It was abandoned as a child and now it led me to want more love than ever and feel a draw towards connection, blah, blah, blah. But still, hooking into a lot of stories or stories about other people or gossip or anything like that a lot of times just keeps us anchored into an old timeline and if we can kind of just like not just mentally release ourselves from those stories but if we can process and integrate those we won't our ego won't be so tied to the the i am this well, that's kind of what the ego is in a way is the story of the story of me the story of i and that's really what i think awakening really is is realizing that you're not you're not the i you're not the story of me that you're much you're much more than that you know and maybe you're that too but you're also everything else and right. it's almost like we have right. the waves of the ocean but we don't see our depth and it's through our spiritual practice that we see like, oh, not maybe the waves are choppy and everything, but there's a and there's a stillness down below that where it's always calm and it's always centered. And realizing 100%. that. I'm still yeah. on the I'm still on the buoy screaming for help, Ray. <laughs> you got okay, are we ready? Yes. Are you ready? Okay. Ooh, uh, oh, it's, we... it's number one. Whoop, whoop. Oh, I know that one. I oh, know. Oh my God! What is it? Before I even look it up, which oh, one is God. it? I, I should I should know this because it's the first card I ever pulled from the deck. Oh, it's gonna be so good, you guys! It's uh, so good. It, of course, we drew this. This I, is I, great. I, I I put the sigil on me. It, what was it? Was um, 
actually had it on my body. How can I forget? It's one word, right? That's cool that That's I had zero. Words. You had the one. <laughs> Does it leave? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, go ahead. Can you I, I just say it? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to take up time. It's on. It's okay. on go ahead. It's 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 your fear. Yes, fear. So, um, basically, if you've drawn this sigil, the thing preventing you from seeing the reality of the situation at hand is your own fear. Oh my God, this couldn't be any more fucking pertinent right now to everything that's happening. So. Let's all take a take a second and think about how is my fear preventing me from seeing the truth or the reality of what's taking place. Um, by its very nature, to fear is to push something away from you. So Teal talks about how the opposite of love is not hate, it's fear. Fear is disconnection. Um, this is why fear is the number one most isolating experience on the planet. The more fe fearful we are, the more alone we are. It's important that we come to recognize what all our fears are about about in order to both understand our reaction and choose how to respond to our fear. Fear can be defined as a response to a perceived threat. When we perceive something to be a danger, meaning that we perceive the possibility of suffering harm or injury on a physical, mental, or emotional level, then of course we naturally want to get away from it. Usually we want to either push it away, which would be fighting it, or we want to run from it. Even if we grow up in loving environments, we inherit fear and the belief that we are not able to deal with certain things. We adopt feelings of powerlessness and, and inadequacy without questioning it. And we adopt, it goes back to adopting beliefs that don't serve us. Um, and we adopt the inevitable fear that comes as a result of it. Unfortunately, the primary ways that we cover up our fears through are through avoidance and control. So, Think about the people who are in power right now. What kind of frequency creates people who want to control fear, which should give you actually a very good feeling in your being because the people who are trying to control you are scared. They're not empowered. Um, interestingly, it doesn't matter whether the threat we are perceiving is really a threat to us or not. It matters if we perceive it to be a threat. Unless we feel safe in a given situation or with a given person, we will naturally push that situation or person away from us. People who spend their life avoiding the feeling of fear never really live. They wander through a life in routine and, and a familiar way to arrive at death, death safely. People want to live their life in spite, oh, people who live their life in spite of fear don't listen to the important messages encoded in that fear. So these are the two ends of the polarity. They ignore limits, warning signs, and do not caretake themselves. This ultimately leads to suffering and collapse. Our life depends on our capacity to lovingly take responsibility for our fear. So that means, like I've talked about in my last video, scoop up that kid. We're not acting or moving forward in spite of that thing. We're carrying it with us and we're saying, hey, I know you're scared. This is informing me about something really important, but I'm gonna take you with me and I'm gonna choose something different anyways. Trying to conquer fear or get rid of fear is nothing more than trying to separate yourself from separation itself. Remember, the opposite of fear is love. Any love you can have towards anything diminishes your fear. But the ultimate answer to, to fear is to love the self within you that is afraid and love the self within you that you are most afraid of. It's by embracing fear itself that we dissolve fear. Last little bit here, it says, if you have drawn this sigil, the unacknowledged threat is not something you don't see about the situation itself or someone involved in it. 
It's your own tendency to sabotage a good thing because of fear. Right now you are using the tool of worry and expecting the worst to prevent yourself from being blindsided. It is a way to try to control the situation, which is a way of avoiding fear. Instead of avoiding your fear, you need to face it. Otherwise your fear will continue to obscure your capacity to see the truth of the situation, which isn't a bad truth. It's a doozy. So take that in. Take that symbol in, folks. <laughs> she dropped the F-bomb on us, Ray. Fear. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. Well, I'm really grateful for you guys, and I'm really grateful for everybody who decided to tune into this. Um, I hope that this ripple reaches the people that it's supposed to reach and that however that person gets affected continues to ripple out. Um, yeah, and we're just gonna keep doing this kind of stuff and sharing information. Yeah, and we, we are, I, I tried to make a funny earlier folks and failed miserably. Um, it's exceptionally easy to find us um, in comedy, we, we, we fail a lot and uh, pardons for not being funny earlier when sharing our, our, our websites and stuff. It's Bodie Bros, any search engine, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and the same as Rowan shared with us. It's very simple. She's made it easy to find her, um, all the different platforms. And if there's one, like I said, that you want us or her um, to consider, there's always new stuff that we're not aware of. Let us know. And, um, and we'd be thrilled to, to check it out. Can't make any promises, but we're, you know, open to exploring. And uh, like I was saying, Ron, just so touched that you said yes to this. Um, you were the first person that we've reached out to. Um, and I've only reached out to a few so far and honored that you said yes, because we knew you would have so much to like, we knew it would be difficult to stop talking about any subject with you because um, you're a wealth of, of just passion and information and creativity. And, and I, I knew this was gonna be an awesome episode. And, and Ray, thank you as always um, for, for being open to us evolving our podcast and trying new things. And, and Rowan, thank you for your patience because we didn't know how this was gonna go. I've never had a podcast where I did interviews or anything. Usually it's just me and Ray talking about stuff. So this was a challenge and very, I got very nervous today because I wanted to make sure we did a good job for you first and foremost, and then for whomever stumbles upon this thing in the future. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Ray, yeah. what do you got? Take us home, Ray. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to nope. say with that. Well, thank you very much, Roman. It's a pleasure. Um, yeah. Thank you, John. And hope yeah. we'll um, just help somebody, you know, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll just say bye to everyone. Bye to everyone. Um, There'll be yeah. other podcasts, I'm sure, in the future. We'll have a reunion episode with Rowan. Maybe a year down the line, maybe a few months, maybe five years, and it will be magical because we'll have so much more to talk about because we'll have all learned incredibly volumes of more information and ideas and open some more doors. All right, guys, till we chat again, we bid you farewell. Bye.